0: A Classic MFT. Yeah. I'm sure Justin Bieber probably didn't notice. This was make or break big industry weekend. That
1: seems to be my impression of like parties <laughs> at Coachella. <laughs> We're dropping A listers all over the place here.
0: Slow down. We'll come back to Britain. <laughs> our own compound security <laughs> to get in, you know, close stage. <laughs> <laughs> i on. Here, Tom Hanks? Sam turned to me <laughs> and did exactly the same thing with yeah. his head, and I was like, Ronaldo! <laughs> 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 <laughs>
2: Hello everybody, welcome to the MFT podcast. This is the podcast that lets you lie unseen in your tiny briefs peeping through the keyhole at the lives and experiences of a touring musician. My name is Greg Houston. I'm a director that runs Baby Sweet Sessions. Our claim to fame is filming not Michael Jackson, but Tito Jackson. Michael had his time, the Jackson 5 had their time, now it Tito time. (laughs) As always, I am accompanied by two thirds of Two Door Cinema Club. Lead guitarist Sam Halliday is famous for his fast paced riffs, but also for his furious fast feet movements on stage. He has been dubbed Indies Michael Flatley. (laughs) (laughs) Alongside Sam is his brother from another mother, Kevin All About the Bass Baird. Kevin is so smooth, he used to get first, second, and third base while on stage. <laughs> recently, however, he settled down, got married, and recently became a father to a cocker poo called Callie. How's dog life treating you, Kevin?
0: It's fantastic. Uh, she pissed on the floor today, though. Oh. Uh, yeah. All poos in the appropriate place. All Not poos, but lots of love. Yes. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Sam, do you, you have a strained relationship with the canines from your past, do you? <laughs> yes, I wanted to be a dog when I was a
1: child and then uh, I got a job walking a dog for an old lady as a as a teenage boy and that kind of put me off, the, the whole thought of an ownership. Uh, to be honest, I just had to do all the chores, I suppose, so there was no... Um, you know, rubbing its belly in front of the fire to, to enjoy. I just had to walk it and clean up after it and, and clean, take it to the vet and things. So um oh. tainted my relationship with uh, canines.
2: I'm sorry to hear that, but now I'm right in thinking Callie's not the first dog of the band. Alex has a dog, doesn't he?
0: Alex does. He is a frog. What on earth is a frog? <laughs> it is uh, a French bulldog mixed with a pug. Right, wow. Well, have they met? Our dogs? Yeah. Uh, No, they have not met. Um, What's the frog's name? Frida. Frida the frog.
2: Well, shout out the Frida and the (laughs) Cali. Woof, (laughs) woof. Now, today's topic on the MFT podcast is festivals. We'll have to leave Frida and Callie at home. But what is essential to bring to a festival in your experience?
0: Mm. I would say flip-flops straight yes, off the bat that was going to be that was, that's a touring <laughs> essential for me anyway but especially at festivals yeah that
2: must be that's a band's perspective no none of the punters <laughs> yeah. need flip, want flip-flops flip in the mud It yeah. shows how how alien it is to you boys now you forgot it all I know the yeah, Wellington bits are nowhere in sight for us
0: yeah complete class traitors over here um, yeah it basically comes down to your cleaning experience, cleaning yourself experience. You know, there's nothing worse when you, you arrive at a festival and you, you think, oh, I'm going to take a shower at the, at the, in the backstage compound at the, by the dressing rooms and, you know, 60, 70 other people have been there before and, you know, there's mud on the floor or it's all wet or, you know, so you have your flip-flops to make sure you're not getting any verrucas or any nasty bacteria in there.
2: Right well that's it I I had heard that I think in 90 could be 95 maybe 96 I think Nicky Wire of the Manic Street Preachers insisted on his own private backstage
0: shower at Glastonbury and it uh, was big news wasn't it they were Mm -hmm. sort of they were the Manic Street Preachers had always been billed as the band of the people and they did they headline Glastonbury or something and requested this on their rider and they got you know, lambasted by the enemy when it was mm-hmm. at its zenith. Um yeah, so none of that. I think the last time we we played Glastonbury, we'd had a toilet of our own in our dressing room and it was oh, nice. luxury. Nice. Yeah,
1: no shower though, but a toilet no at shower. least. We're always waiting as a band for Kevin's uh ping on the WhatsApp group to let us all know uh, how good the Shars are at festivals. He's got a bit of a rating system, you see. It's quite become quite famous in the two-door camp. I think I've heard about this, but will you will
0: you go into what what's the deal here kev the deal is well bad bad part of this is i'm usually the guinea pig then on the shores but we have a we have a five category rating system um so each category you score out of 5 for a out of 25 total score and the categories are are, are the all the essentials to your shoring experience you have your temperature water temperature not too hot too cold can you control the temperature yourself or is it just a one button push kind of thing this will all factor into the score the pressure ventilation is key in these sort of portal porta, portable shower blocks sometimes <laughs> yes, high to the summer high of the summer. it's just the humidity so high in there that you you walk out after you've dried yourself and you're wet again space to hang your clothes you get there the floor is soaking there's nowhere to hang your clothes and you think oh, what what am I gonna do? You know, and nothing worse when your when your clothes falls off the hanger into the puddle on the floor. Also bad. Fifth and final uh, category is cleanliness. Overall, has it been cleaned recently? And that'll give you each category out of five to add them up to out of twenty five. I think uh, you
2: need the name and
0: shame, but also celebrate the great.
2: What is a and what? Who's the best? Who's the best for your shower needs?
0: Always, always festivals in uh, the lowland countries, you know, Netherlands and Belgium, they always have great facilities. The Germans can be, be good, but there's also kind of, you know, inconsistencies with, with within European cultures of mm. etiquette in sort of char blocks, you know, you have some, you have some people who just are all like, let it all hang loose, you know, we're all in this together, out. get it out. Loud and proud, kind of thing. Well,
2: there's the there's the uh, squatting over a hole in the ground as well. You can find whenever you're trying to take a number two, right? That's in Germany, is it? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> when was the last time you were in Germany? <laughs> I remember. I'm sure I was on a fe- I was on a festival tour with you guys. I'm sure. And you, you, went and you would, you would go in to take a. Are you
0: sure it was a toilet, Greg?
2: <laughs> yeah, you would go in to take a crap, and there was you'd open a door, and there's just a hole. <laughs> there's just a hole in the ground, and you got to just squat over it, and then this your your business falls like into just into the darkness. Is it like uh, out in the public area of the festival? The the
1: toilets are like all feed into one big trough, but it's all separate doors, and it's like a man made structure.
2: Yeah. So, so you, yeah. Exactly. You go and there's actually no toilet, and you need to put your trousers around. You know, your knees. Squat over, and you could actually, if you're not careful, just shit straight into your briefs. <laughs> <laughs> Why does every episode come back to shitting at some point? <laughs> it's know. a big. It's a big part of the festival culture, I guess.
0: Yeah, we all yeah,
1: do it. I. Isn't, Kev, correct me if I'm wrong, but are there rumours that people, there's like been men, always men, obviously, find like hiding in these troughs and crawling around spying? Oh my God.
0: I don't know whether it's a a spying. Is that part of, I don't know, it's hard to know whether the fetish is the spying, like looking up at... uh, (laughs) (laughs) at <laughs> <laughs> the big opening, as it comes down, oh, or I think uh, some people get off on being pissed and shit. Oh no, that's seriously um, bleak. That I think there is always a story of. I think there's a story about someone being fined after a few days at Glastonbury, having you know, <laughs> oh, been rolling around down there. Is, that's
1: really, uh, sick. if you weren't already, you know, against using those toilets in the first place, that probably wouldn't help that story. Moving swiftly on, I think. Yeah. What else do you bring up for a festival? I suppose it's a bit different now, but when we first started out, we kind of just went to the festival like everybody else. I guess because we didn't really go to festivals when we were teenagers living in Ireland. Our first summer of doing festivals, we were playing very small shows at stages that weren't even on the poster. The bar, Um, basically. (laughs) Yeah, the bar. Uh, It was always always like the cider bar for some reason for a summer, wasn't it?
0: I do remember we didn't, none of us liked cider, but we could, we got as much free cider as possible. Oh, so.
1: Yeah. And I guess we weren't playing that many shows that we didn't have to
2: jump between festivals every weekend. How'd it work in those days? Like you get your tent, is it
0: in a band area, public area where you don't have a tour bus then? So where's the kit? (laughs) At that time it was like, you get a tent and you maybe drive a car, rental car or something and then park it up in the car park with everyone else and then you know you maybe get some artist camping which is basically a a different part of a field just roped off where only artists can camp nothing else more fancy about it but uh, I always remember the first time we played Glastonbury must have been 2009 I think we were playing three shows during the weekend I seem Uh to remember like I started on a Thursday I think we played Thursday Friday and Sunday I remember, obviously, like it was our first time at Glastonbury. Glastonbury was this huge, obviously still is very iconic. We kind of thought this is going to be the make or break of our career. And uh, so we'd kind of told ourselves, just don't get carried away. Saturday is off, so we'll not really drink Thursday night after the first show. But on Friday night is our our night to go wild, basically.
2: Okay, nice. Um,
0: Very professional. Very professional. Um, I think quite a few drink, drinks were had on the Thursday, but what can you do? You can't, you can't quash the party spirit. But um, yeah, we were, uh, <laughs> we, uh, we decided that we would keep the guitars with us in the tent where we were sleeping. So the three, there was three of us and another guy, our sound guy, Stuarty. There were four of us in this tent and our guitars. Wow, we in one to tent? Keep it in one tent. And then we decided to keep everything else, the bigger things like our amplifiers mm-hmm. in the rental car which was parked in a car park. We were a bit worried about it because we're thinking, oh shit, what if someone breaks in? But we thought we can't bring those to carry them across the whole site. So we just Mm -hmm. thought we will leave them in the car. And um, you should say that the Sunday, the gig, the last one was the biggest one that we were playing on the biggest stage. And uh, Friday night comes around. We've had two great gigs and we just went buck daft. (laughs) as as they say and crazy at the time you know classic at a festival no service no signal on your phone and the rumours were flying around Michael Jackson's died and that happens at every single festival no one can get service so there's always a rumour that something has happened in the outside world and no one no one can get confirmation but that actually did happen that day so we were uh, spoiler (laughs) spoiler (laughs) yeah Uh, we were uh, we were going a bit bit mad and I remember we went to we watch Bruce Springsteen. He was headlining Glastonbury. And we got separated from each other and had the most insane but different experience that night. So I had been we got separated because I had gone back to pick up a case of beer and bring it for everybody. Cause, from the uh, car? From the car they had a really good spot for Bruce. Not thinking, never been to Glastonbury before, thinking the headliner and being like, I'll be able to get my way back and find these guys no problem. Obviously, like, there's about 200,000 people, so couldn't get back to where they were. So then I'm watching Bruce Springsteen on my own with a case of beer. One thing led to another. I drank the case of beer, basically. Oh, come
2: on. <laughs> and,
0: and that led me off on this very drunken individual time and was then trying to make my way back to the tent. I was so drunk that I couldn't find my way and just, <laughs> <laughs> I must have destroyed about 50 tents. You know, there was like guide ropes that keep yeah. it all together obviously yeah. in the dark you trip over those and i would trip over them fall straight into the middle of the tent random people's tent couldn't get anywhere close to where our tent was was pitched and then after a while i just gave up and thought fuck it and <laughs> just got into someone else's tent no and uh yeah so uh, i got into. were this... they in there were they in? no no they weren't in there so you know you take your shoes off at the door i was polite enough at least to do that Took her shoes off at the door. You get into the next section and got into the sleeping bag. Oh my God. Took my glasses off and set them down and went to sleep. Who knows how 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 much longer later (laughs) they they come back. They're like, who the fuck are you? Uh, And I was so drunk. I can't even remember. It was just mumbling like absolute gibberish about trying to find artists camping. And I just remember them saying... (laughs) I don't care, mate, but it's just not fucking here. Get out. <laughs> and so I'm getting out of the tent. And it's that really awkward moment where you're standing in the little entryway and there's such low head height that you're crunched down. Like, I'm so drunk trying to put my shoes back on. And in oh, the, dear, in the, dear, in the sort of melee of it all, I forget my glasses. Oh, And then so I didn't have glasses the rest of the weekend. Oh, man. And meanwhile, we're all watching
1: Springsteen and then I think I was at them watching a bit of block party or something and I'd separated from the other guys as well, so I was standing there. I was having a bit more of a reserved night, probably having sobered sobered up because Kevin never came back with the beers and was dead to us all. (laughs) Uh, So uh, I'm standing there watching block party, a couple of other guys, including the sound guy who's sort of in charge of uh, all the important stuff for the weekend. He had gone off uh, for a bit of an adventure too. I was I was then gonna go and watch some comedian or something. I had my night planned out, which is quite important to Glastonbury because there's obviously so much going on. So I was making my way across the field, having a great time, going to watch this comedian, and then I bump into Sturdy and Alex. And uh, Sturdy was (laughs) just by chance, yeah, by chance, unbelievable.
2: Oh, lucky boy! And
1: Sturdy was so wrecked like falling over the place, Alex is trying to hold him up and was like, you need to help me get him back to the tent. And I was like, oh no, like that's, there's my night room, like half an <laughs> hour walk back with this guy and uh, we're walking back and he's falling into the tents as well, doing a Kevin over all the guide ropes. <laughs> and uh, the next morning we wake up, we realise he's lost his like shoulder bag. And in the shoulder bag was the rental car keys with with, with the amplifiers oh. and the guitars.
0: So no. we're thinking...
1: His passport and everything was everything, in there too. Yeah, we're thinking, what are we going to do here? Like, we've got to play a gig. this was meant to be make or break. I know. This was make or break big <sighs> industry weekend. We've got to play a gig this afternoon. We have no gear. Bizarrely, like, I was like, well, what, what can we do? What can we do? Let's just retrace our steps from last night, try and find it. Like, you know, you have to try and do something. Freakishly, we walked back the way that he'd fallen into all these tents and we just asked around and someone was like, Uh, oh, what's it look like, your bag? they we are like, oh, it's like you know, navy or whatever. It's like,
2: who's it, and just held it up, and was like, whoa, glass, oh, unbelievable. So the guy was saved. Is absolutely ma- magnificent. Yeah, unbelievable. Oh, what a relief! And is that still the key? Like, do you try and stay the weekends at Glastonbury now? Or is that was that? I guess in the early days, it was easy for you to stay a weekend, but with so many festivals now, is that can you typically do that, or you just got to move on?
0: I'd say recently, occasionally we've been able to do so. Maybe come in the night before, depending on our schedule, and maybe have a night there. And there's been times where there's been we've we've kind of stopped doing that because I don't know. Glastonbury seems to be this other kind of beast where you lose all running yourself, and you you have good intentions about taking it easy because there's a big gig the next day, and then you just you know two bottles of fast later <laughs> at 6am and you're still not back in bed, you know? Yeah. Um, so really have to try and stop myself from doing that. So we kind of just go in for the day and it helps that, um, our schedule is usually pretty busy so we can have a good excuse and be like, oh, we've got to go to this other festival. So yeah, we do try and, you know, tame ourselves from doing it now. Do you, are, I mean, are there parties backstage
2: at these things? Are there like Private bars where the artists are, or does everybody go out front? Um, I What's think. And kinda... talking about Glastonbury, I think it's
1: the sort of unique one almost where nobody kind of wants to be backstage because all the fun stuff is out there. Yeah, I guess it'd be the benchmark in terms of worldwide festivals for like that true, you know, festival experience out there with like over a hundred thousand people. We we've played it so many times as well. Like we could probably spend all day talking about it. So maybe we should revisit the other years or something, but. In terms of backstage areas, the one to probably talk about is Coachella in terms of just how nuts it is compared to anything we've been used to. Would you agree?
0: Yeah, agree. I think like Coachella, like most festivals, they always have like a VIP area and you know, always notice that the people who go to festivals all the time, like us or whatever, you then are like, this is so sterile. It's just full of people who paid to be in this separate area. Like, I don't want to be in there. That's terrible. And there's other people who go, I've paid to be in here. I'm going to stand in this, you know, one one mile square plot of of field that has one bar in it and nothing else. And I can't see any music from here. It's the weirdest thing. People will pay hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of pounds to go to a festival and stand in the VIP area talking to their mates the whole time, (laughs) buying beers for 10 quid, you know. Um, But Coachella is like this other beast in terms of that, because As time goes on, it it feels less and less about the music and more and more about, you know, what celebrities are there or, you know, the after parties are as well. Like there's such, it's crazy, you know? Yeah, that's where Coachella
1: differs because people don't tend to camp on site. People like, obviously there is camping, right? But most people tend to hire houses all around in Palm Springs. So which leads (laughs) quite nicely into having pool parties and after parties and things and, I ah, guess the sort okay. of there's never any press on site at, at Coachella either so there tends to be like radio stations will have a house Any what, sorry? Uh, no press or promo on, on site so oh, right all the radio stations and like brands and things that usually would have a little stall at a festival are all in houses and so they tend to throw mm. like Big corporate parties and things as well. We've been to a couple of those. And uh, that sounds fun. That sounds like a fun way to do it, is it? It's tough to get around because um, obviously yeah, it's like far away. Um, but yeah, w- one time we went to some Adidas party in like a Sinatra's old house, which was pretty cool. Wow. Yeah. Oh, always a naked guy in the pool. That seems to be my impression of like <laughs> parties at Coachella. Nobody always nobody and else. on their own. No one
0: else. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Everyone kind of goes, fuck, I'd quite like <laughs> to go in the pool, but I wish that guy <laughs> that would get out, that naked guy. Yeah. Legitimately, yeah. there's always some lad just there
1: and all. Not a lad. Yeah. It's always just some like odd sort of character.
0: She doesn't seem to be Is with anyone. let in somehow <laughs> that everyone always like, how did, how did they get in here? The same kind of guy who's been swimming through the trough. <laughs> it, it, very, Scentral. very, very well, very possible. Wow. But you always notice that things like that, the people, people who've had this, who start to have like the slightest brush with like importance. And usually that comes from buying themselves into the VIP area or being the mate of someone who's playing. They're always the biggest dicks Mm. at the festival, you know, who think I've paid to be here or, you know, I'm mates with this guy who's mates with this guy who got me in. Like I'm the most important out of my way kind of thing. And it's the most infuriating thing, especially for us, because we're kind of like, like, we're just, we're just, you know, we're here to have fun, but also to do a job and, you know, get over yourself, you know? Yeah. Makes your blood boil. Just, I've had a lot of experiences of shouting up the queue at someone, being like, hey, man, <laughs> the end of the queue's back there. Yeah. And they turn around, they're about four foot wide and seven foot tall. And you're like, no, nothing, yeah.
1: nothing. Yes, yeah, so I think like Coachella is a big one where I remember like we would be backstage during the day and it'd be very quiet, a few bands kicking a bite. And you would go drive around these houses doing some press and come back and it would be like, as soon as the sun goes down, it seems to be that is the key. Sun goes down, backstage is just full of everyone who has ever been on TV. Backstage vampires. Yeah. Just like it changes. And, and like Kev says, like we're, sometimes you're like, I'm just here to do a job, like I just want get, to get back to this little area and just like, I don't know, phone my wife or, you know, it's just a bit different. We're not there to party all the time, I suppose. So, like, sometimes you are a bit like, what are you even doing here? Like, you're just being annoying and being in my way. And, like, I'm just here to do a job. Mm.
2: But is it exciting seeing the Like, is Bill Murray standing there?
1: Sometimes, Sometimes,
0: yes. yeah. There's always, like, I don't know, at UK festivals or sometimes European, you're like, oh, there's that, like, Z-list celebrity. Or it's usually, like, other musicians. Coachella is the one place, and occasionally Glastonbury, but mainly Coachella is the crossover between, like, you get Hollywood a- a- A-listers
2: mm-hmm.
0: um, while, you know, three boys from Bangor are there to play a gig. You know, it's, it's mm-hmm. mad. Would so, you
2: ever, have you, have you ever seen somebody and asked them for a photograph? Have yes. you ever
0: crossed that? Oh, you have? Who? And it's one of the best photographs I own. I think it's only, only one that I have that I've actually ever asked someone to do it, but it was Danny DeVito. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Wow. It was amazing. We were sort of, this is a crazy night and I'll lead on to the next story, but we were sort of just standing there and he and he's just hanging around backstage wearing a It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia cap. <laughs> 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 and we're, um, we're standing there and we're like, I oh, see, there's Danny DeVito. And we're like, oh, do you mind if we get a photograph? And uh, I remember Alex was smoking a cigarette and he was like, what did he say to Alex? He was like, Put out that cigarette. You're going to kill me, bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. But it was such a surreal experience that he was probably like, don't smoke in my face. You know, he Mm -hmm. was obviously kind of probably upset, but we were just sort of blown away by the absurdity of it all. We were like, oh my God, he just called Alex a bitch. This is amazing. He was probably like, the fuck are these drunk He just
2: said that, and then you,
0: were like, laughed and posed beside him for a pic? And in the photograph, I'm pointing at him. I'm like, as if you wouldn't know who it was. And I think this had happened just I was riding the high because I'd just come like an hour before this guy came up to me and was like, Hey, you're in Tudor Cinema Club, right? And I was like, Yeah. And he was like, Yeah, I manage Mick and we watched your your gig and we thought it was, you know, so good. And we we're I was like, All right, oh cool. And he was like, Yeah, Mick would love to invite you. Back to his trailer and so he could say hello and I'm thinking just you. <laughs> Nick. <laughs> just me? Who's Mick? And I was like, All right. And he could kind of tell I was a bit like thinking, who's Mick? And he goes, the guy goes, you know, Mick Jones, the clash. And I was like, Whoa. Oh. Wow. And I was standing with Jimmy, the guitar player from Fool's. And he <laughs> he straight away, he turned to me and whispered in my ear, is like, I'm pretending to be in your band while we go do this. And I was like, fine. <laughs> so we went over to this trailer, and he opens the door, and it's just you can't see more than like ten centimeters in front of your nose because it's this thick fog of smoke. Um, it's like a trailer, in, like a big caravan. Yeah, like a big like RV caravan kind of thing. Um, that's what the dressing rooms are at Coachella. And this guy comes up and is like, "Hey Mick, this is this is two of the guys from Tudor Cinema Club." <laughs> he was like, I couldn't speak it oh, wow. <laughs> was so drunk <laughs> and it kind of just sort of turned out that it was like alright we were sort of talking to him and Jimmy was uh, we were both fans but like Jimmy was such a massive fan and all he wanted was to just have a little chat with him I mm-hmm. <laughs> couldn't speak and this uh, I think I can't remember whether his son or daughter comes over and it's like oh such a great show blah blah and then you realise you're like ah yeah this is the. This is the, what happens when any celebrity comes to us and says, "I love that. Like, I'd love to meet you." Their kid really nice ah, us.
2: <laughs> okay.
0: So uh, okay. I was like, "Okay, I'll take it. Yeah, sure, fine." Absolutely. And then on the way the story, back, right, bumped in. <laughs> yeah, 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 but on the way back, <laughs> bumped into Danny DeVito. It was a, magic rollercoaster night. Yeah.
2: Was was the just was Danny DeVito? Is he re, as tiny as you would think? Was yes. He? Is he like under five foot? Oh, I oh, definitely. Wow. Yeah. Sounds like my auntie, who we called the barrel because she was as wide as she was tall. <laughs> 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 uh. All right, gents. we well, leaving this on a high. I guess one of the standout memories I have of actually seeing you at a festival was uh, on on the TV, I remember at Glastonbury coverage, I think it was 2010 or 2011, you were on the pyramid stage and there was like an enormous crowd there and things were just kind of picking up. It felt like that anyway at home and I remember like they showed uh, What You Know on the telly and it just seemed like a, a sea of people. Actually, I actually remember a point at it when it's getting like Alex almost seemed kind of emotional, uh, just on the last chorus of that song and it just felt like uh, Jesus, you know, it's really, it's happened, you know, does that
0: you remember that show? Yeah, I remember it was Tourist History, our first album had just come out a few months before and to be honest, things weren't really going that well at the time. You know, we didn't, you know, we weren't getting like much radio play or, you know, anyone, no magazines are really, were really talking about us in the UK anyway. Um, But we had lots of people who would come to our shows and uh, we had this, we were first on, on the other stage, which is the second stage at uh, Glastonbury. Still a massive stage, but we must have been playing at 11.45 or midday or something. Really, really early at, you know, a festival where people, Hit it pretty hard and maybe don't want to get up first thing in the morning and watch bands. So I think we'd kind of resigned ourselves. We we I remember having a conversation, being like, "Look, lads, no matter what happens, remember this is being filmed for TV. If there's no one there, it's really early. Just go for it. You know, we'll just we'll just put on a performance and you know, you know, just enjoy it and 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 you never know what will happen. There'll be might be good TV coverage. You might get something out of it. You know, we never know." And so we we hadn't looked out at the crowd or anything until we stepped foot on, set foot on stage. And it was massive, like huge. We just couldn't believe it. Um, and it was one of those, holy shit, we were just completely prepared for there to be no one here, genuinely. And we were just going to get through it. And um, yeah, and we just had like one of the best shows probably we've ever had and just had so much fun being up there and enjoying it and. And it just felt like one of those moments of how this is the start of something really, really big and really amazing and felt like it was. Yeah, (laughs) not
1: to to ruin the ending on a high, but I feel like I remember the last time we opened the stage was uh, the year before the electric
0: picnic. (laughs) I was thinking that about that one too. (laughs) We opened
1: the stage and we started, uh, the stage manager was like, oh yeah, go on ahead there, lads, you can start. And uh, we started playing and there was nobody in the tent. And we we're thinking, oh no, this isn't going very well. <laughs> and then all of a sudden this tractor drives across the front of the stage and starts spreading mulch everywhere.
0: <laughs> like, <laughs> like wood chippings everywhere. Just oh. parked right in front of the middle and just dumped. On <laughs> <then> the stage, <laughs> man. Remember, yeah. Yeah, go ahead. I remember he came up to us with a headset on <laughs> and was just like, it's alright lads, you can, you can come off. <laughs> So, oh, and, then, and then he was like, he was really apologetic and he was like, I'm sorry, lads, you know. And then he was like, I'll let you guys, we'll push everything, you know, maybe an hour later and you guys can come on an hour later. So we actually ended up playing. We came back like an hour later and the time we went on was the time that Bone thugs and harmony were billed on the poster to start at. So the tent was packed with oh, people. <laughs> <love> <laughs> Bone thugs and harmony <laughs> And there we were. We were like, yeah. have gotta take it. You gotta take so it. so good
2: obviously with uh, the way things are this will be the first summer no good while you boys won't be playing any festivals right
0: yes looks that way yeah first festival out of choice uh first summer out of choice that we won't be playing festivals <laughs> um we usually play festivals sometimes we take a year off but uh, yeah we had a lot sort of planned for 2020, but sadly, it looks like they're not going to happen. We're just going to be talking about them instead, I suppose. Maybe if there's any
1: listeners that would like to know any more about any in particular, we can try and uh, remember some things. Maybe you're thinking about going to a festival next year and we've probably played it or need any recommendations. <laughs> we just become travel agents instead. But yeah, if there's anything, I mean, we could talk about festivals for days, I'm sure. Um, maybe we should revisit this again if if people want to know any
0: more about any of them. Yeah. Stay tuned for part two.